This is the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast, episode number 211. All right, welcome back to the show, the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast, the podcast where we help you try to figure out what's working in this crazy world and do that in your business. We do that with this podcast right here. We do that with our live show, our blog over at smartpizzamarketing.com. Uh, I am your host, Bruce Irving. If I haven't mentioned that already, welcome back to episode number 211 of the show. Special guest on for today is Frank Pinello from Best Pizza in Brooklyn and also from The Pizza Show. Super excited to share this episode of the podcast. Frank and I have been going back and forth for a while now trying to get, get our schedules on the same page so we could record this show. I actually went down to Brooklyn to work with a couple clients there and I stopped into Frank's place. We met, had a great conversation, and we decided and figured out a time to grab him and have him join me on the podcast here. So today's episode is with Frank Pinello of Best Pizza, and I think you're really going to enjoy this one. We talked a little bit more about Frank, about how he started Best Pizza and how he got into the pizza game and where this whole Best Pizza and the pizza show, all of that exposure uh, from that show, where it's brought him, what he sees coming in the future. Uh, and Frank's just a really nice guy, man. I really appreciated him joining me on the podcast. It was a great conversation. I think you're going to get a lot of things out of this podcast about you know, concepts and what works and what doesn't and how to run a business and how to uh, get exposure for your brand. Frank's got a tremendous amount of knowledge and uh, cooking experience, and he shares all of that on this podcast right here. So let's get into that. Actually, wait a second. Before I get into that, I have to say thanks to our sponsors for this episode of the show. Susan from Our Town, if you're looking for a new mover program, Susan is our go-to resource for that. Susan at OurTown.net. She has a special program happening right now by the end of 2018 if you're listening to this when it comes out you get a couple more weeks to hop on this not only will she waive the setup fee for smart pizza marketing listeners but she's also giving you a hundred dollars off your first mailing your first mailing to new movers what she does is her they have a proprietary system to help you find new movers in your area so anybody who's recently moved into your zip codes because she's zip code exclusive just like we are she finds those people and not people who move from house to house in the same zip code People who have moved from other areas into your area. They don't know anything. They want to visit restaurants. They want to visit whatever business you have, but they don't know you. So you send them a letter, invite them in, give them something, and then she helps you also follow up with that person to get them to become a customer of yours. And she has a great deal going on right now. No setup fee, $100 off your first mailing, but you got to get on that before the end of 2018. So hop on that right now, Susan at OurTown.net or go to SmartPizzaMarketing.com forward slash our town for some information about that one. And also the guys over at Fort Forney, Frank and I talk a lot about Fort Forney ovens and how great they are and uh, all the benefits of hanging out with the guys over at Fort Forney. So check out them too. Fortsaforney.com is their website. I'm not going to get into too much specifics about those guys because we talk a lot about them on this podcast because Frank loves those ovens. He's actually using them on his next projects. Uh, so we talk a little bit about that on there. But thank you to Fort Forney for supporting the podcast here and being a sponsor of the show. Listen, guys, the sponsor of the show, I know sometimes you don't want to hear ads on here, and I try to make the ads as entertaining as possible, but the ads are what helps us produce the show for you to listen and get these guys on and talk to them and share the information and insights as to what these guys are doing in their businesses. The sponsors are the reason that we continue to produce the show. So support our sponsors, and we only pick sponsors that we really believe in. We get a lot of emails from people who want to sell stuff to you guys listening to this podcast, and we turn away 95% of them because I just don't know if they're a good product, and I don't want to suggest something that I don't know is a good product to you listening right here. So if you hear me talk about it on this podcast, 
We've vetted them. We've asked a lot of people about them, and they're they're great people, and they're doing a good thing. So just go check them out for me, please. Thank you, guys. All right, let's get into today's episode with Frank Pinello from Best Pizza and the Pizza Show. I really think you're going to enjoy this one, guys. So here it is. All right, guys, welcome to the show. Frank Pinello from Best Pizza, also from The Pizza Show, is joining us here on this episode. I appreciate him taking the time out of his day. He's got a lot going on. Uh, so he's going to join us, talk about pizza, talk about what he has happening, and talk about everything pizza. So, Frank, man, thank you so much for tuning in. Not tuning in, but for joining me, for everybody else to tune in. Yeah, thank you. Um, thank you for having me. I know uh, you know, when we met at the Pizza Expo, we, we kind of hit it off. We were in that same room judging. So yeah. it's cool to, to, be on the, uh, to be on the show with you. Yeah, we we met for the first time. Obviously, I'm I'm familiar with you being in the industry. You know, I've had guys on the show who have mentioned you, and we've crossed paths many different times. Never really had a chance to connect until we were at the Pizza Expo, and they stick you in that little box there for three hours while you just eat pizza, which is not a bad gig. But we met there for the first time, and it was uh, great to finally meet you there and connect. And we said, "Hey, got to do a podcast." So here we are. So Frank, give us for the for if anybody's out there who's not familiar with best pizza or what you're doing on the pizza show give us a little bit of background about your story and how you got into the pizza industry for sure um i was always a cook uh you know i started i, I well first off i'm you know my family's from sicily and i grew up with in a family that is very like obsessed with food and um you know i was lucky enough to have like, a grandmother and grandfather that did a lot of things from scratch so from a young age i saw a lot of you know, I was always making sausages with my grandfather. He, he had this massive garden when we moved out to Long Island that he, he grew all this great stuff. And even in Brooklyn, he had just like grew zucchinis and, and, and um, all types of vegetables just like out of five-gallon buckets. So That's crazy. from a young age, yeah, it was awesome. I mean, like we talk about urban gardening now, especially like a couple of years back, it was really popular with the rooftop garden. But in Bensonhurst, like the Chinese and the Italian immigrants – are like are just like so amazing when it comes to some of the urban garden. So when I saw stuff like that as a kid, I I, I started really loving food, becoming obsessed with it, working in restaurants, and I started sort of, sort of as a busboy and a server. And then uh, you know I was always jealous of the cooks because they were always badasses, and, you know, <laughs> working hard, making food, having fun. So I ended up switching over to from being a waiter, a busboy to a waiter to a cook which was a pay cut, but I, I loved it, you know? Um, and then sh- shortly after that, I went to the Culinary Institute of America. The chef that I worked for was a graduate. And um, and that's where, like, my love of, like, cooking and stuff kind of expanded. I learned a lot more about other cuisines. Um, and then, you know, I started getting obsessed with quick service and the idea of, like, fast food doesn't have to be shit. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like, you could, you, we could make you know, really good burgers. Like this is like when Shake Shack, before Shake Shack opened, when Chipotle had just first started doing, you know, um, organic food on like a on, on like a massive level. So, you know, it started crossing my mind that, hey, you know, why not do like a pizzeria, like a neighborhood pizzeria that I grew up in and not so much reinvent it, but just kind of go back in time the way that they did it back in the day, you know, when the old timers came over here and how much hard work they would put into the product and making sure that they got the best stuff and, um, you know, I realized that things in New York started declining, you know, the dollar slice was sort of the hot thing at the moment. And I grew up in Brooklyn and Long Island eating great pizza. So I kind of had this training behind me and I started working with the guys from Roberta's when I got out of school. Uh, I had run a couple pizzerias in Poughkeepsie with this family that was an amazing pizza family when I was in college. So the stars started lining up and, um, when I was at Roberta's, they 
the owners found best pizza. Uh, it was an, it was another restaurant before that it had a hundred year old oven. And um, so I told them what my dream was, was to open up a by the size place. And they happened to find this place that had this old oven in it. And they thought the idea was cool. So they gave me the money. They were my first partners. So, you know, some people know that about us because we went to Roberta's on the pizza show and everything, but some people don't, but those guys that I owe a lot to, they gave me, you know, my start in the industry. That's as cool. Being an owner. Yeah. A lot of people know, a lot of people are like familiar with Roberta's and, uh, I'm trying to get those guys on the show. I haven't really done a, uh, I want to reach out to them because I think it'd be cool. A lot of people know Roberta's and they always like, that's the number one place that yeah. when I ask a question, Hey, where do you want to go in New York city? Or who do you want me to talk to? They're like, Roberta's talk to the guys from Roberta's. Everybody knows that place. Yeah. You know, it had to me, it had such an impact because when, when I was cooking, especially at the culinary Institute, um, and then when I got back, like started working in restaurants and stuff in, in New York, there was a certain way of cooking that was very, uh, there was still like, basically all the kids wanted to go work at John George or work for Danielle or work for Thomas Keller. And there was this like really refined French way of doing things. And um, I hadn't seen anyone doing like really great food in such a relaxed, fun way, like Roberta's was yeah. doing it. And they built kind of a community around it at the same time. And they were, went into a neighborhood in Brooklyn that, like, Bushwick was never, like, a place that people went to eat or anything. It was, like, kind of, like, especially with Leon or Morgan Ave, which is, like, a desolate area. So they helped, I don't know, in my opinion, they were the first ones to, like, reinvent, like, that the Napoli-style pizza in America as we know it now, you know? Um, where, you, where you see all these restaurants opening, kind of doing Napoli-style pizza or the small pizzas and some really good sides to go with it. It's a great concept, and... You know, I think they've taken over America now. Every city you go to, there's a great pizzeria that's yeah. like that. You know? Even in Boston, like, it's not really, I would think we talked about this, not, I mean, Regina's is well known because it's been around forever. But there's a lot of those, I don't want to say Neapolitan, because I don't know if they necessarily follow the standards of Neapolitan, but like American Neapolitan style pizzerias yeah. popping up. Tons. Yeah, like the Neo, the Neo Neapolitan. Yeah. Like, you know, I think what they were calling that for a while. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people doing that style, but maybe in their own way, but having the wood fired oven, like the Forza Forni oven or the, uh, you know, that style of oven where they never had that before in the, especially right. in my area, it was always kind of like you cooked pizza in the back and no one really saw, it wasn't a ton of slice shops like that. Right. Right. I mean, look, really, it was, a, it was a bunch of like hipster kids that moved to Brooklyn that were all cool. Right. They were true artists. They were true, truly into the craft and they took a warehouse and they put a Forza Forni oven in it, which is a badass oven. They used the best ingredients that they could. And they started growing stuff right there, right in Brooklyn, right? So it was a new outlook on, on food and the way things were done. And I think, like, Best Pizza was sort of like that, too. We we play, like, I play hip-hop in there. Like, yeah. stuff I grew up listening to. And, you know, there's, there's plates on the walls for neighborhood people. And uh, the pizza is very classic. But the feel, I think, is just is just us. You know what I mean? It's just... It's just relaxed, right? So, and I um, think sometimes, and I, when you do that, right, when you you just like you you're comfortable in there, so it makes your customers comfortable, right? It's like a, I don't want to say it's a relaxed environment because it's not like it's like soothing and relaxing like a coffee shop, but it's like your own style of pizzeria. You you made it your own. Totally, totally, and I think that you know one thing that I'm really proud of about Best Pizza is that first off is that um you know. What, what the whole goal was from the beginning, I know I kind of went off on a tangent, was to make like an honest product, you know? So to make a slice of pizza that 
all everyone in the neighborhood knew that they could come. There was a simple slice of pizza, but that we used really, really good ingredients. We made all the mozzarella fresh ourselves and were able to control the amount of salt that's in it, the amount of everything that's in it. And um and same thing with with all the with everything, with if it's our pickled vegetables, if it's our chicken parm, we do everything from scratch, you know. Um so that was the first goal. And then the second goal was for it to be not to be like uh not to be pretentious in any way or not to feel out of place like just to be us right and yeah so i think i think that you know we're, we're like nine years going strong right now so uh it's one thing i'm definitely proud of is that we have a lot of neighborhood support and we still have a lot of regulars that come in and uh yeah i live in the neighborhood so just creating a good uh, classic neighborhood pizzeria was was really my only goal and everything else has been like far, far exceeded my expectations. What was that first year like for you? Was it like nerve wracking? Did you know it was going to be what, obviously you probably didn't know what it was going to be today because so much has happened to you over the last nine years. But that first year, what was it like operating your first, your first own place? I was, I was ex- extremely excited. I had my two best friends from culinary school working with me. Um, so one of them had, had been off working in Danny Meyer restaurant for a bunch of years and, uh, worked in a bunch of really great restaurants. His name is Akil. He's like a little brother to me. I grew up with him. Um, and then my best friend from culinary school, Gavi Beagle, who also went off to cook in a bunch of restaurants, went out to Vancouver. He moved back to Brooklyn to open up Best Pizza with me. So it was us three. And um, I had guys with me that I knew I could trust and that worked hard and worked really hard in really great restaurants. So um, I think we we – we had a great camaraderie and it was like, you know, 16 hour days and there wasn't a lot of money, but <laughs> it was really exciting, you know, and we had this crazy oven and we were cooking food that we wanted to cook. And, you know, I remember, you know, we were doing the meatball recipe and Carlo from Roberta's came in and like, we were, was working on it with us and giving us his input. And now he, he has a two star Michelin restaurant, you know, uh, um, uh, Blanca in the back of Roberta's other days, Kino Baca from Brooklyn star and, like formerly of Momofuku, who was also my partner at the time, um, would come in and help us. So I had all these great chefs around me wow. that really cared about food, you know? And and that was the main thing, that we were all happy cooking together and uh, we were all happy being in that place. So, and then and then the years just started flying by, you know? Then yeah. things just started happening and exciting things came our way. It's funny because first, you, yeah, ha- you, have su- you have such a culinary background and I know a lot of people in the culinary background, but yet your pizzeria is pretty simple, right? Like you stick to simple ingredients and make them just really, really good, which is unusual. A lot of people with your background may open a restaurant. What made you not want to open a full-blown restaurant? That, you know, really was what I, what I found out when it came to cooking was that um, simple doesn't always, doesn't mean easy, right? Yeah, like that's simple true. And, simple and easy are very different. And, um, you know, it's easy to do, to do shitty food. It's easy to do like, uh, you know, cheap food. But to do really good, simple food, it takes a lot of work. It takes, it takes a lot of, uh, it takes a lot of dedication. Like for instance, <clears throat> we make all of the mozzarella, like we stretch all the mozzarella from the curd for all of that pizza. So that process is like, you, you get the curd in in big blocks and you, then you break it all down. Then we salt it. Then we roll it into balls. We wrap them. We put them in bus containers. We let them cool down. Then we put them through the shredder and get them down to the moisture that we want, the salinity, all of that. What ninety percent other pizzerias do, like by the slice places that sell as much pizza as we do, is just get grande, which is a great cheese, and throw it through the through the through the whole bar and grind it. So, a little step like that, I think, makes a big difference. So, 
I agree. It is simple. And I don't like to change the menu. I like to keep it simple. I would like to, you know, grow the brand a little bit more. Um, but I think uh, there's something about just like, um, like doing the same thing over and over, the repetition of doing the same thing that I like, you yeah. know, it's almost like a Japanese philosophy. <laughs> right. Like the sushi thing, right? Like you got to make yeah. rice for nine years. Exactly. You got to make rice for 10 years before you get to even touch the fish. Yeah. Like, I love shit like that. And that's, and I eat a lot of pizza, obviously doing the show and kind of traveling around. Um, and, but people always ask me like, Hey, where's your favorite pizzeria or what's your favorite style of pizza? And I always say like, when I go into a spot, the first thing I order is just like a plain cheese pizza. Because if you can't do yeah. that right, I'm not trying anything right. else. Right. Exactly. I agree. You know, you always get judged on your regular slice. Yeah. It's the whole thing. You get judged on your regular slice. And if you have other slices that, that, uh, that rise up and do well, then that's great. But you know, everybody, um, in New York, that's what it is. That's, that's the judgment. It's like, uh, what's the guy, uh, uh bar He just grabs a one slice and takes, yeah. a, takes a bite. Dave Portnoy. You know? Yeah. He's, he's, he's fucking hysterical. People love it. But it's just that's what it is. It's a one slice rule. It's a you know yep. that's the thing. Um, yeah, the I, I I I think that's like you got to be able to do your cheese good. If you can't do cheese good, even though it's like like you said, simple isn't always make it easy. You know, sometimes when you have the simple cheese, it's just dough, sauce, and cheese. But like, there's a lot that goes into those three different products. Right. Exactly. What the what I always tell I've I've done a lot of consulting over the years since um you know since Best Pizza started doing good. A lot of people started calling me about doing. New York stuff around and what I tell everyone whether it's going to be a, one of my partners or someone I'm consulting with it's like in theory pizza is like very very simple it's just three ingredients like you said but it, it's incredibly nuanced food you know yeah. so uh it's tricky like the bread is ye it has yeast in it it's you know it's a living thing it's always growing it's you have to keep it temperature controlled and um you know cooking with wood is especially in like an old oven like we have is is tricky so it, there's a lot of little nuance to the game but uh it is simple it is simple food but there's a lot there's a lot behind it yeah what was your what was your restaurant best pizza before you opened it because you have an old oven in there right yeah yeah so it was it was a bakery for many years over 100 years ago um it was uh called Saviano's and the Bellows family ran it with a family to the neighborhood for many years then um one of their relatives took it over and for like the early people in Williamsburg, they remember it was called Brooklyn Pizza Gallery. Ah. And for a couple of years, it was this pizzeria called Brooklyn Pizza Gallery. And then that closed uh, probably like 2007, 2008. And, um, and, and Brooklyn Star opened in that same spot. Kino Baca opened Brooklyn Star. And <clears throat> there was a fire. Um, so like eight months later, Brooklyn Star closed in nine months. They reopened somewhere else. They refurbished, and I think it was 2009 we came along, and, uh, and yeah, we opened. So the oven I made it through the fire. Yeah, the oven made it through the fire. the The restaurant surprisingly wasn't that bad. Uh, the fire like kind of destroyed the apartment above it and some of the other stuff in the building, but the restaurant was okay. So uh, yeah, we we able to build it, rebuild it back, and kind of put our spin on it with the colors and, and the plates and stuff like that, and. Uh, yeah, luckily, yeah. That's amazing. It made it. It made it, yeah. It was, it, it's, I love hearing the stories of, like, the old-style buildings, too. Like, of a, like, New York, I'm fascinated by New York City because you guys have such a small space, right? And you do oh, such man. volume in such a tiny spot that most people wouldn't be able to do that. They just wouldn't know what to do. Like, I was in your restaurant, 
and there was I think there was five or six people and like every time someone wanted to get by the cashier like they had to come out and then someone had to go around them so it's like you do such a high volume it's such a tiny area yeah 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 it's true you know you get you get used to being in New York I I remember like as a as a young cook like traveling around I would stage at restaurants and and I remember working in restaurants that the kitchens were so incredibly small I like I was like, there's no way these <laughs> they're going to be able to cook for all these people. And then sure enough, I would just watch the chefs and how, how they took care of everything. You know, just that speed rack next to them with all this stuff on it, all the mise en place set up properly. And, you know, the way that they held things and the way that they reheated and when they got in early and got all their prep together. So, you know, yeah, it's true. If you, it's a, it's definitely, um, uh, you got to figure it out, but it makes you, I think, a good cook and it makes you utilize all the space that you need. But yeah, yeah you could crank a lot of food out in a lot of put in a small place, especially in the city. Not a lot of walking, that's for sure. Yeah. You just turn around, yeah, you got, I, you're yeah, already there. I, I, used to, I used to live there too. So for many years, I lived right there and cooked right there and everything. So I didn't, there were times I didn't leave that block for months. <laughs> that's funny. So how did you get involved with the pizza show? How did that start? Uh, so that, that, you know, that started very organically, um, to be honest, <clears throat> Vice was right up the block from us, the old Vice Studios. So now they're over on like North 2nd or South 2nd in Williamsburg, but they used to be on North 10th or North 11th. And um, I'm on North 8th. So a lot of the Vice team used to come down and eat FS Pizza. And um, I got to know some of the Munchies producers and one of the producers, Chris Grasso, who like created a lot of the shows, created oh, That's Delicious. He created, uh, I think he did like Eddie's first show. Um, he created the pizza show. He did, he did a lot. Or he worked on them. I don't know if he created them, but he worked on them. Right. Uh, he was doing Chef's Night Out, which was like a show that uh, took chefs out to their favorite restaurants and kind of got them drunk and then <laughs> went back to like the restaurants to cook. Yeah, it was fun. It's a fun concept. It's a great show. Yeah, we had a chance to check it out. But um, so we did a chef's night out. I was like, he asked me to be one of the chefs that came out with them. And I brought him to my grandmother's house. Yeah. He's like, what, what pizzerias do you want to go to? And I was like, you know, there's a couple of pizzerias in my old neighborhood. And like, but my favorite restaurant in New York is my grandmother's basement. You know? <laughs> and he's like, yo, let's go. Let's do it. So I was like, all right, let's, you guys are more than welcome. My family is very welcoming. So, uh, you know, dinners at my grandmother's house were epic. Everybody gets together and eat in the basement. And, you know, she was always cooking up a storm when she was around. Got you know, rest in peace. No, no, I love you. Um, but, yeah, anyway, she, you know, uh, they came. The, the cameras came. We went around Bensonhurst and we ate a couple of places that I grew up eating at. And then they came to dinner and it was they got a lot of great footage, you know? Yeah. I imagine uh, because my grand, so my grandmother's Irish, but my grandfather is Italian. Yeah. So my grandmother, my grandfather's parents came over from Sicily, same thing. And they grew up in the North of Boston area and they didn't speak a lick of English. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my grand, my grandfather met my grandmother and she kind of like got assimilated to the culture because I used to like growing up, like I didn't know, you didn't know what your nationality, your grandparents are. You just kind of like are in the environment. Right. And my grandmother used to be the same thing. I thought she was Italian forever until I was like 14. And I realized she was Irish because she was cooking the same thing. It's just like, you just grow up cooking tripe and cooking sauce and like all that stuff that you wouldn't eat nowadays. Like my kids wouldn't eat that, but um, yeah, that's how grandmothers are. 
Yeah, and you know, the Irish and Italian immigrants coming over here, a lot of them were country people, a lot of them were farmers back yeah. home, you know? And especially the Irish and Italians, they, they always got together. And, um, you know, I think that there's a lot of similarities between a lot of the cultures, even in New York, the Jewish community, the Italian community, the Irish community, Hispanic communities, like black communities, they all have uh, similarities. Like when you, when you start talking about family and food and yeah. grandmother, I guess it's just living in that urban setting. And um, yeah, you know, you don't like Italian families are, uh, you know, I could imagine like an, an Irish mother just kind of learning from from her mother in law, you know. And yeah, she used to talk. She used to talk bad about my grandfather's mom after she passed away because she they didn't get along too good, as you can imagine. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. But, but back, back but to the yeah, pizza so show. So you took you you took him there. Was that the first episode that you shot? That was the first. That was like the the chef's night out or whatever. And then after that chef's night out came out, it went it went well. And they asked me to do like we shot a pilot for the pizza show ah. and kind of the rest is history after that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Thanks to Chris Grasso giving me that call and and us going out and doing that show. After that, it led to it led to the pizza show. That's awesome. And the pizza show has brought you all over the country, all over the world, really, right? Because you go all you get to travel and try all these different pizzerias. And I like that. It's like. I think I saw one where you even went to like Little Caesars headquarters. So it's not like just yeah. you're just trying to find like yeah, Neapolitan yeah. style. Not you're not pigeonholed to any one particular thing. You're just experimenting and exploring pizza. Totally, totally. That's really what it was. It was like to to dive into like this world of pizza and like why why is it so popular now? Why is it like almost like seems like the most popular food in the world? Um Everywhere you look, whether it's on Instagram or just in pop culture, there's like pizza clothing, pizza memes <laughs> everywhere, you know? It's true. So we just wanted to like dive into it a little bit more, tell tell some stories of like some old people who've been running pizzerias because pizzerias are very personal to people, you know? Like when you grow up going to the same spot for so many years, it becomes like a second home to you or like, you know, a place that, that you feel really comfortable. So telling the stories of like those pizzeria owners to me became my favorite part you know it was like journalism like getting into history getting into these people's lives and then you know we were also like you mentioned like we went out to like you know silicon valley and checked out this tech company that was making like pizza with robots and then <laughs> which was one. crazy yeah, yeah it's crazy we went to um korea and we met like you know we went to the headquarters of mr pizza which is like a fast food concept but like they have these pizza twirlers like the acrobatic the pizza acrobats training in the basement seven days a week you know Jeez. eight hours a day so i got to see all different it was like a master's class of pizza for me for sure are you still shooting the show yeah we're on a little hiatus right now but we just um we shot something in london not too long ago that just dropped and i think uh between me and you and the audience, maybe I, maybe I'm the first one. I think there's something about to drop like this week if it didn't come out already. Okay. Of like some family stuff, we did we do uh, canning tomatoes, and um, they came at the like in September and they filmed some stuff. So that's cool. How has that? How I knew I know you and I when we met at your shop talked about like how that's changed. Like has that show dramatically increased your business? I know you get consulting jobs from that, obviously because it's got a huge audience. But has it done anything for like your your the pizzeria best pizza yeah 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 it's incredible it um this show has completely like transformed the pizzeria um business you know has completely has like been on a steady incline thank god and um yeah we've been blessed we've been blessed we have people from all over the world 
I can't even tell you uh, the type of love that I get, like on Instagram from young pizza uh, makers, from young entrepreneurs, just basically expressing how much they love the show, how much they were like inspired by it, and that they're pursuing their their dream and like opening a pizzeria in their country. And to me, that's like that's spreading culture. And um, when we're able to spread culture like that across the world, that that to me is like amazing. Yeah. You know? and, um, I was lucky enough to open a pizzeria in in Kuwait. Uh, I'm 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 on the uh, verge of possibly going out to Qatar again in in uh, in the winter of February. So like stuff like that to me really kind of gets the juices going where I'm able to kind of go out to these different uh, countries and and make my food. That's awesome. I love the pizza industry. Like the pizza is the number one. I don't think I get emails all the time like from someone who's you know a construction guy or an attorney. Like I feel like pizzerias are the number one business that people in other industries want to open. And I don't know if that's because it's, they think it's like glamorous or easy or it's like profitable. I mean, it can be profitable. Don't get me wrong. It's not the, you know, yeah, yeah. but I wonder why pizza has such that allure that everybody wants to, cause I get emails all the time. Yeah. I'm an attorney. I want to open a pizzeria. And I'm like, have you ever worked in one? And they're like, no, I'm like, well, go work in one first because it's not yeah. what you think it is. Yeah. Well, there is an unbelievable amount of people that want to open pizzerias. I agree. I get, I get calls every day, you know, and talk to people every day about concepts and ideas um and yeah and i think i think you're right i think it's a combination of a couple of things i think um one is that it, uh people know that margins are good on pizza and if you run a good pizzeria that the money is good like it's a lot of hard work yeah but the, the, it's good money if you do it right you know yeah um and i think that there's also this thing that especially people in the northeast um and even people that have traveled to new york and had made good experiences in pizzerias you it's like this experience that you have at a pizzeria makes you fall in love with the idea of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, where you go in, it's a small mom and pop making an honest product and kind of selling, you know, this food by the slice, you know, anywhere from three to five bucks. And, you know, it's just making an honest living and um, it, it's a, it's, it's a good, honest job. You know, that's how I feel about it. I love it. I love, I think that, you know, I, I owned, I operated a couple pizzerias for a, a long time before I started doing this for like 20 years. And it was hard. It wasn't like easy. You know, it was especially like, it depends on what style of pizzeria you have too. Like if I could do it all over again, I would do really simple in a simple menu uh, and try to make it as simple as possible in the beginning and then expand. Like we made a mistake of copying our first restaurant, exact our, our first restaurant and opening it the second place, which was a total different location. And it was just a zoo. We had way too many menu items. It was just people that were new that weren't used to cooking that many things. And mm -hmm. it can be hard, right? You, you, it's mm -hmm. not like it's the easiest job in the world. And I feel like people think it's easy, but it's not. Like, it's really like these guys who make pizzas and run pizzerias work their butt off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I mean, I would say it's the furthest thing from easy that's, that's, pot, that's out there. I mean, I think that the restaurant being in the restaurant business, owning a successful restaurant in a big city like New York or Boston or whatever, or anywhere, yeah. even in the country, is is one of the hardest things to do. You know, it's, it's one of the hardest businesses to succeed in. I think the numbers show that. Um, but running like a pizzeria specifically, it takes a lot of hard work, a lot of hard labor, a lot of hours, a lot of repetition. Um, I'm not, by no means am I saying it's brain surgery, but it, it's definitely... Uh, 
you definitely have to put your heart and your soul into it, you know? I mean, there's a lot more. Like, a lot you're, when you own a pizzeria, you know, you do everything. Like, there's nothing that you don't do. Like, I used to love Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah, it was Thanksgiving and Christmas, but you knew it was the one or two days a year where you weren't getting a phone call about something breaking or someone not showing up. Oh, man. Isn't that, isn't that the best feeling? Like, yeah. Those those one or two days, we had, I picked five calendar days in the beginning that we were going to close for so that all my guys were able to celebrate, like, certain holidays without us worrying. So... When those days come around, they're really, uh, yeah. You put your phone it's down, good. you don't have to worry about anything. Exactly. And then exactly. you've got insurance, so as long as nobody's in there, the place burns down, you're good. You just restart yeah. it all up. Exactly. You just open a new one. So what's what's new for you? Like, what do you see coming? Because you, you are in a lot of people's ears when it comes to the pizza industry, and you travel a lot and see a lot of trends. Is there any trends that you see happening that you could give people a little insight on? Interesting. Um, yeah, I think so. I think that... Well, I think the buy the slice trend is is really popular right now. I think that. Do you think that um, the, the the buy the slice trend? Sorry to interrupt you. Do you think the buy the slice trend that's happening now is similar to like the Neapolitan trend that happens seven or eight years ago? Yes, one hundred percent. I think it's uh, I think it's like, it's almost exactly the same. And I think that um, people are starting to reinvent like the New York, the the New York buy the slice place and all different places around the world, around the, around the country, around the world. And I think the, the trend is very similar. And um, I, I, think, I think that there's, that there's a lot of room and a lot of opportunity right now. Um, there are a lot of countries that, that, uh, that don't have the level of like pizza restaurants and pizzerias that we have, but pe- the people in their countries love it. Like in Asia, for instance, you know, um, you go to a, a place like China, like Beijing, you know, where they have 20 million people, 25 million people, maybe more. And, you know, you could open up, I could open up 20 pizzerias in that city. They wouldn't even know I'm there, you know? Right. So I think the globalization of, of like pizza, uh, like for instance, when I went to Kuwait, um, you know, there was a pizza, there was like a pizzeria Vero pizza place there that was serving straight up Napoli stuff with Caputo double O. And- really? You know, yeah, with the uh, Stefano Ferrara oven and the whole nine, and that, that's in the middle of Kuwait. And then we opened a slice place, so I think that uh, around the world, people are really starting to get into pizza. And then I think here in America, um, pizza is starting to get regionalized, similarly to like it did in Italy. So, like if you go to Napoli, you know what pizza you're gonna get, right? Yeah. If you go to Rome, you could ex- you could expect you know one or two different styles of pizza that you're gonna get. If you go to Sicily, you're gonna get like a, a specific like the Sfinchoni style so um the regionalizing pizza in Italy the way that that happened I think it's very much happening here um you have New York style you have New Haven style you have Chicago deep dish you know you have uh California with fresh ingredients and barbecue chicken and <laughs> all the stuff that came out of yeah, yeah. California pizza kitchen which actually really influenced the game a lot um Detroit style is a big one too. Detroit style. St. Louis is now a yeah, thing. Yeah. You know? so, yeah, I think that that's that that's a thing that people will explore that more, you know. Place like Emma, like ME Squares opens up a Detroit style place in Brooklyn and it just is absolutely knocks, you know. People yeah. love it. Yeah, the, even yeah, I mean it's it's just I think Instagram helps a lot too because you get to see and not just Instagram, but social media in general where people can communicate with each other much easier now than they used to be able to and you can see in research way more now about different styles of items and see pictures of it and then go read ingredients and tutorials of how to do it. And you can experiment on your own before, like, you know, back in the eighties and nineties, you'd have to go somewhere 
and yeah. learn, you know, now you can do yeah. that on your own phone. Totally, totally. You know, the perfect example of that is like Norma's Pizza and Norma down in Pennsylvania at the Roots at the Roots uh, Market. She, like, off of watching it, videos on the internet, she created um, her own style of like I guess you would call it the New York pizza. Uh, she she does all this intricate um, dough making and the way that she proofs her stuff and the way she her setup is, is unbelievable. I went down there, I visited her, I made pizza with her. And she was some of my normal pizza was some of my favorite pizza that I ate. Really? And yeah, and she's in the middle of Amish country, but she learned all these techniques from going on YouTube and going on, I think it's pizzamaker.com. Yeah, yeah. Is the one that she referenced a lot. And I was just like so impressed by her and her love for pizza. And every time I see her at the uh, at the Pizza Expo or wherever, I'm just like, this is what makes me like love this. I'm gonna have know? to talk to her on the show. I have to get her on the show. Oh yeah, you have to, man. She's she's a star. She's a pizza star. Isn't she gonna be on the Food Network? I think. I think I saw something about her being on like Chopped or something, wasn't it? I I sure hope so. I sure hope so. She deserves it. Um, the way that she makes pizza, the lines that she has at that market was it was incredible. I remember we were out there. It must have been 110 degrees, and there were oh wow, yeah, there were people waiting down the block. It was it was nuts. That's what people are looking for too. Like people who own restaurants want that, and I think like you said. Like, be different. Don't necessarily just copy whatever we, what else somebody else is doing. Like, try to make it your own. Totally, totally. And I think, you know, the story behind it, I think, goes a long way, too. When you have someone like like Norma that, you know, she has this great story of, like, how she evolved in this market from a lemonade stand to a popcorn stand to her making pizza. And now, now in, in the pizza world, nationally and internationally, she's known, yeah. you know? So I think that that's cool. What about the, do you, I know you go to the expo all that. Do you suggest people go to the expo? If like someone calls you or emails you to say, Hey, check out the expos or go. Cause it's a great place to connect and see what's happening in our industry. The, ex, the expo to me is like unbelievable. It's, it's the meeting place for the industry. You know, um, I, I always wanted to go. I didn't go in, the, in like the early years of me owning best. And then about two or three years ago, I got out there and, it's just you go out there and everyone's there. It's funny too because I didn't go when I owned and operated. I don't know if it's just I just didn't have time or I just yeah. I never went. I just I never went. And then all of a sudden since I got out, I've been going every year. And I'm like, what the heck? Why didn't I go when I was operating? This it's a shame on me. Yeah, you know, I think I think lately they've been doing a really good job of like reaching out to everyone in the industry and like really getting interesting people to come in and and speak and and uh, you know. I mean, they had they had so many great people there in Atlantic City. Anthony Mangieri was yeah. on the panel. Um, I think Anthony Falco, Scott Wiener, uh, Mark Icano. I mean, these are guys who own and operate some of the best pizzerias, in my, in my opinion, in the country. So, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, if you love pizza, it's it's a must. I think you know both of them, AC and Vegas. They're, they're both different. And they were both awesome. I like uh, to be honest with you. I like Atlantic City a little bit better than I do Vegas. I'm not a huge Vegas guy, and it's far from where we are. Um, yeah. And Atlantic City is just smaller, a little bit more intimate, and it's you know it's a smaller scale. I, I think that if you want to see the floor and hang out with people, Atlantic City is good. Uh, but they have way more seminars in in uh, Las Vegas. If like you want to see seminars and go to those different bookings, then maybe Vegas is for you. But if you wish want to hang out, see what's happening, talk to people, network, Atlantic City is fine, especially if you're in the yeah. Northeast. Oh no, they did a great, great job. I thought, I thought it, it felt very similar. And yeah, like you said, you know, it's a little bit smaller. So yeah, you're hanging out at the same casinos with all the guys. Yeah. You're hanging out at the same, 
you know, restaurants with everyone um, during, during the, like after the events and everything. So it gives a great opportunity to meet people. I mean, a good example of that is like a relationship I recently struck up with Forza Forning where I, I got to meet like the guys over there and Peter and hang with them. And now, you know, I'm going to take a trip to visit them this week and hopefully I'll be getting some of the ovens for a new place that we're going to open in Phoenix. Yeah, so, they're, they're a sponsor you know, of the show, actually. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Big shout out to Forza Forney. Big shout out to Peter, the whole, you know, the whole team over there. And uh, yeah, I love their ovens. I think they're great. The reason I uh, kind of connected with them was because I got like, you know, Mangieri uses their oven and I always like to... Because I get a lot of people email me with suggestions, and I I hate giving people suggestions of companies that I don't know people use or I didn't use myself because I don't know. I want to make sure that they're good and they're not. And the only reason I said, yeah, Ford's a Forney, let's do this is because I've heard so many good things. Even people saying, like, I bought an oven from them, and they've been so helpful. If something happens, they come right away. Or if I have a question, I email them, and they answer the question right away. They're just super good guys over there. Yeah, yeah, no, great guys. Yeah, I, I really got along with them, and I thought that, you know, their setup that they do at the expos are always awesome. And then just kind of chatting with the guys, I, I kind of uh, always gravitated to, to them when I was out at the expo and hanging and just talking business. So I'm glad now that, uh, you know, it's time for me to open up a couple more places, hopefully this year. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to use their ovens. Nice. Uh, that's a free plug for them, by the way. We'll just throw that in there. Yeah, yeah, they deserve it. They deserve yeah. it. So what's uh if someone wants to say hello to you on Instagram, where where can they find you or I appreciate you taking the time out of your day if they want to go check out your pizza shop in, in New York City, Best Pizza, or I know you have another one in New York too, right? Yep, yep. Um the other one is in uh New Rochelle. It's called Pizzeria La Rosa. Um that one is like, you know, my partner Matt runs out on the day to day. Um, but he he's making great pizza. It's a really, really cool old place with like a really cool aesthetic, these old glazed bricks and this old hundred year old Peterson oven that just is, it's a beast. So, um, yeah, that's Pizzeria La Rosa, then Best Pizza in Williamsburg. And, uh, yeah, they can find me on Instagram at Best Pizza 33 is my Instagram. And, um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, thank you for having me on. It's, it's always nice to talk pizza and kind of, uh, chop it up with good guys in the industry. Yeah, man, we could talk pizza for hours, but I know you got to go and I uh, I don't want to take too much of your time, so I appreciate it. But thanks, Frank. Uh, we'll link up your Instagram in the show notes too. And if you're in New York City in Williamsburg, go check out Best Pizza. I was in there, had some pizza. I actually brought my daughters in there to have some pizza. They loved it. And they're very, very yeah. pizza. They're super pizza critics. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome when they, when they came in with you, man. Thanks for stopping by. Yeah, all right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to check out the show notes for this episode, head over to smartpizzamarketing.com. And uh, Frank, thank you so much, man. It was awesome talking to you. Thank you, brother. Hopefully I'll see you soon. Okay. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Frank, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Go check out Best Pizza. If you missed anything that we talked about on this episode of the show, I'll link all of the Frank's social, his website, the address for all the things we mentioned, Fort Zaforni, Our Town, everything over at smartpizzamarketing.com. Just type in Frank in the top bar there. You might have to t- type in Best Pizza because I think we've interviewed a Frank before. Or if you're listening to this in the future, I'm sure we've interviewed another Frank in the future. So, Uh, Type in Best Pizza into the search bar. This episode will come up. It's episode number 211. So if you're looking for some information or links, you can type that in as well over at our website. And thanks to Frank for joining us. That was an awesome talk. Uh, Excited to finally get him to join me on the podcast. And the key takeaways for me for this episode of the show were keeping it simple isn't always easy, right? We always think that, and we talk a lot about this on the show, is keeping it simple. Sometimes... Keeping it simple is hard 
but there's less to do if that makes sense, right? You you have less ingredients, but you have to prepare and treat those ingredients better. Using fresh mozzarella, making sure your dough is fermented properly, making sure you use high quality tomatoes and you grind it yourself. Those are things that are hard, but they're simple. Let the ingredients speak for themselves. And I always say that if I was starting a pizzeria all over again, my menu would be really small because the more items I have on my menu, the more labor hours I need. And right now in our industry, the hardest thing is labor. That is the number one factor that's either helping or hurting our businesses because we can't find good help. It's hard to train. We're constantly recruiting and it's hard to teach the demographic that's rising up right now, the things that we've done forever. So if I was starting again, I always say I would start simple, have a few items on my menu, do those items extremely well, and then blast it all on social media constantly. And you would know who I am and what I do. And I would be known for that specific thing. And I think the people we have are coming on the show in the future, including Frank, is known for that, right? Frank wanted to open a simple New York classic slice shop, and he did that with Best Pizza. It got him onto the pizza show. The pizza show got him exposure, and now he does consulting and all of that around the world because he started simple, focused on his craft, used high-quality ingredients, treated them well, and then look what's happened to him since. So if you have one takeaway from this episode of the show, try to think of that. Treat your ingredients well. Try to keep it as simple as you possibly can. Look at your menu. Try to get rid of half of it if you can because that'll ultimately help your business grow and help you create a better product. That's my takeaways from this episode. I hope that that helped you out there. Let me uh, just ask one last thing before I let you guys go here on the podcast. If you need our help, we have a couple ways to help you. We do have our agency where we talk about blasting you out on social media. We do that for all of our clients, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Snapchat, email marketing, SEO, reviews, all of that stuff we do for our restaurant clients. We get them exposure on all the platforms. You do have to make sure that you have a good product first because all we do is get you exposure. We don't help you run a business. We do have consulting that's available. If you, if that's something that you're interested in, we can help you uh, hire and train and all that, but it's separate from our agency work. But what we do is get you exposure. We, we do exactly what we do for this podcast. We do for you. Get you exposure on all the different platforms, help you create videos, help you blast those videos, retarget people. Everything that we talk about on this podcast, we do for that. So if you need help with that, and you're interested, smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash zip. But if you want to learn from us, more of a consulting mastermind type of thing, we do have that available too. A couple of consulting calls every month with a group of us, private Facebook group, private website with all of our tutorials. So you can go review those and do them all yourself. That's at smartpizzamarketing.com. Just click on the mastermind link. You can sign up for that. If that's more of your, if you're more of a hands-on type of person, that's probably the avenue you want to go to. All right. If you want to say hello to me, Bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com is my email. Say hello to us on Instagram and Facebook. We are at Smart Pizza Marketing. And on Twitter, if that's your thing, we're there too. Uh, but on Twitter, I am at Irving Media. So I'd love for you to say hello and stop by there. Great couple episodes coming up in the future. Michael Stelzner from Social Media Examiner is going to be joining me. Frank from Mama's 2 is going to be joining me. Who else do we have laying up here? Ah, tons of, tons of uh, great interviews coming up in the future. So if you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button. Leave me a review there. And we'll see you on the next episode.